1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Behind the Curtain. I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing Douglas Cole from Gaming Ballistic this evening.
0: Uh, why, why don't you introduce yourself, Douglas? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Douglas Cole. Uh, I am Gaming Ballistic right now. It's just me and uh, a, uh, a a fair... Uh, uh, flotilla of contractors and freelancers uh, for the moment. Um, I've been gaming since eighty one. Got more into it uh, between eighty five and ninety seven. Um, I started writing uh, in around two thousand two, uh, and uh, made the my blog in twenty twelve, and turned that into a company in in twenty sixteen, and since then. I've published uh, over two dozen books of various uh, types. If you wanted to say what's interesting about me, um, that'd be a short list, but I guess right now I'm one of the only third-party publishers that is allowed to more or less do their own thing with both uh, the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game, powered by GURPS, uh, as well as the Fantasy Trip, How both cool. Steve Jackson games' properties.
1: Very cool. Um, yeah. I don't know anything about GURPS. I, uh, I've i heard about it, but I've never played it. I've never touched the system. I was hoping, it, and, I, and I don't think a lot of, of our listeners know it, what it is as well. So I was hoping, uh, would you mind explaining what that is real quick for
0: everybody? Not at all. GURPS is a game system that evolved out of the fantasy trip uh, when Steve wrote... Ah, uh, the fantasy trip. Um, he lost the rights to it because it was actually owned uh, by Metagaming, I believe. And so, when that happened, he then made an evolution of that game called Man to Man, and that eventually turned into the generic universal role-playing system um, uh, that was GURPS. And since then, it has gone through four editions. It's currently in its fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, And it was inspired by or partook in uh, the point by method of character creation, as did uh, uh, Champions, um, Mm -hmm. the superhero role playing game at the time. Um, And I guess you could say that it makes its uh, mark or it's known for being grounded in realism. So rather than rather than do things in arbitrary units, you know, the weights are in pounds and distances are in yards. And I mean, yeah, there's hit points and there's damage and all that stuff, but it tries when it can to, um, relate things to, to the real world. And, uh, the word that the line editor, Sean punch likes to use. And frankly, I, I, I adore the phrase as well, uh, is really verisimilitude, um, <laughs> Which is, which is a great word to just chew on. It's like, <laughs> it's like taffy in your mouth. Um, but it, it, it's the seeming of believability. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is not real. Yeah. But if a 110-pound girl who can lift a 2,000-pound portcullis <laughs> over her head yeah. jumps she's gonna jump oh yeah <laughs> right yeah uh, and, and and when the mo- and one of the nice things about that is the type of thing where it's like you know Buffy may be able to punch through a steel uh a, a steel safe mm-hmm. but if a big one-ton monster picks up the actress and throws her she's going a long way because yeah. she's not Heavier, mm-hmm. she's just stronger. Okay, and so that's the kind of thing where a game like GURPS with its different n- abilities to do that, uh, is is pretty good at doing that natively. Okay right? does the um, Does the point yeah. buy
1: work in a way where you're given so many points and then you allocate those points to the that skills correct.
0: and things like that? That is correct. Okay. You you basically you buy your abilities, you buy your skills, okay. you buy things that you can do, powers or traits, or you know, you know, a, a popular one might be combat reflexes, where you're very rarely surprised and you're just a little sharper on the defense, um, you know, and then you buy if you want to limit your character, you'll purchase disadvantages. Okay. Like honesty is a disadvantage because there are cases <laughs> where you want to lie yeah. and you can't. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, sense of duty. Companions is a disadvantage because when the dragon comes to eat you, you hang out rather than beat feet uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to to somewhere safe. Okay. Uh, so it dis- right. So disadvantages give you more points to spend. Um, and and so that's kind of. Both the great part, but also the uh, activation. So I'm a I'm a scientist by training. Okay. So you're gonna I'm gonna you know. But the <laughs> activation energy. What do you have to do to get into the game? You have to spend a lot of points. Mm-hmm. You have to know what those abilities do, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So the great thing about Gerps is that once you have the rule system under your thumb and you understand what to do about that sort of thing. Uh, you can more or less play any genre with the same rule set. Oh, you don't okay. have to relearn. Yes, I have right? heard that's of the, this. Yeah. That's the generic mm-hmm. part.
1: Yeah. And universal, right. Yes. The goo and GURPS. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. <laughs> so um, the, uh, yeah, go ahead. The system that I've played that I can, I can relate to with this the most is the Harn system. I don't know if you've heard of that. Um, I haven't heard of it. Okay, and and a, a that that's the closest I can come to where you put points on a list of different skills, and then you increase your your pass fail threshold. As uh, yep, that, okay. that's,
0: that's fair. Okay, yep, there, There's all sorts of uh uh variants on that, but yeah, that's basically okay. the core of it. And and once you get done with all of that really is all you're doing is you're just rolling 3d6 and it's always 3d6 uh, against a target number which is your skill okay modified by a whole bunch of stuff that the game master might want to apply almost all of the books on my shelf behind me and Mm -hmm. there are a lot of them almost everything in those books is advice on modifying the target number okay what it really comes down to so so if you have a feel for it mm-hmm. you don't need any of that you say all right this feels like about a minus four to me or this okay. is easy it's a part four roll 3d under your skill, and let's get on with the game. And okay. I've done that at conventions. Mm-hmm. I, had, yeah. I had a table that I was running when I was uh, was demonstrating my my one of my books, *The Citadel at Nordborn*. Um, Thirteen people, half of whom oh, had never goodness. played Gertrude before. Okay, but it didn't matter because I was like, "Yeah, this feels like about or whatever. Just roll me some dice.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, what do you want to do? Okay, roll against this. What do you want to do? Okay, roll against this. And and so. Once you get to the point where you're playing, some of the reputation I guess that GURPS has for being uh, a little slow and crufty mm-hmm. disappears. Okay. Uh, as, as because a lot of that uh, rules burden is is really part of character generation. Okay. Right, because yeah. you theoretically, if you have a 250 point character. Notionally, you might slap on another fifty disadvantages um, and have to theoretically make three hundred one point choices. No one would ever do that, and I would beat you over the head with my book if yeah. you did. <laughs>
3: yeah. But,
0: but it's at least theoretically possible that you could have to make three hundred choices before you start. And oh my if goodness. you, right? I yeah. mean, so if you're the type, like I was when I was young. To really get into the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. you not only would be making those choices, many of those choices, uh, but you would want to know everything about every choice. Okay. So I will <laughs> see you at the gaming table next year sometime. <laughs> okay. Right. So, right. so so I'm exaggerating for. Yeah. Have, have you seen the uh, the movie Spies in Disguise? Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. For a fact,
0: <laughs> I'm doing it for a fact. <laughs> Um, I have a couple of kids who love that movie yeah. so and I enjoy it too because what's not to like about Will Smith and Tom Holland um, but in any case the whole point of, of some of that is that um, character generation and understanding what makes a good character mm-hmm. what makes the character that you want to play what options are effective in the genre that you are trying to emulate okay um that kind of stuff, uh, uh, that is, uh, that can be non-trivial.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but, one of the purposes of all the, 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 worked example games that Steve Jackson published, like Action, After the End, the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game, Monster Hunters, uh, Discworld, mm-hmm. uh, is, is a new, is, is a new game on the disc by Phil, uh, Phil Masters. um, all of those take the generic universal and treat it like the famous line about the sculpture. First, take away everything that isn't your game. Okay. Right, mm-hmm. I'm playing Swords and Sorcery Fantasy. I don't need the wonderful, complete corpus of books <laughs> that has to do with firearms and the stuff, the guns and mm-hmm. whatever that actually gave gaming ballistic its name. Okay, that was one. Some of my first articles for Pyramid when I started writing mm-hmm. had to do with converting weapons to systems and whatever, um, and, and so that stuck. Even though to date, I've actually not written a book with a gun in it. Um, but that's gonna change next year Oh great um, the, uh, that, was, that was actually the pitch that I, I sent over to Steve Jackson games was like I really think it's time to put some ballistics in gaming ballistic and they're like we agree <laughs> um, so that's
1: great but in any case yeah. yeah so in any case
0: you know mm-hmm. the the two hard parts of running GURPS or getting ready to run GURPS are removing everything that isn't your game because the basic set is very complete mm-hmm. It has the guns, it has the magic, it has the psionics, it has the powers. You can play the the old joke is is GURPS will let you play a psychic blueberry muffin, but why would you want to? Um, but you can. And and well, the point now is now I kinda to, wanna to, play a psychic blueberry muffin. Now that you said right. that <laughs> Right, you know, I mean but I mean some people hear that and they're like Oh my goodness! What freedom this is great, yeah. and some people roll their eyes and say, "This is why everyone hates the game." And and there's truth to both, but but what what people have done, and and like uh, Steve Jackson Games has done a great job in, for example, bringing forward the Dungeon Fantasy Role Playing Game box set. Uh, it's currently on for eighty dollars or so. It it basically Sean went through and threw out everything that wasn't. Hack and slash dungeon crawling. Okay, so he did the work for you, and mm-hmm. where there were rules and ambiguities, because the rules had to cover realism and superheroes and giant mecha fighting kaiju. <laughs> <laughs> Although honestly, a a, a high level D and D character fighting an an atlas or something yeah. <laughs> is pretty much fighting kaiju. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know the 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 point there is that as line editor. He is well-informed of that sort of stuff, and, and he was able to do the sculpting for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: What I've done uh, with the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game, because that is the license that I have, okay. uh, is where the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game says, here is a generic uh, set of uh, rules and principles and genre guidance to let you play. I said, but everything is better with Vikings.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, very Um, true. Very
2: true. Right, right. You (laughs) know,
0: and even though I'm from Minnesota, so not everything is apparently better with Vikings. Like, you know, (laughs) a little little football dig there. But uh, my my, my joke is uh, at least the Vikings I'm writing about have conquered something in the last thousand years. (laughs)
1: You know what's sad is, um, is you made a football joke and I didn't even know you were making a football joke cuz I don't even know who the
0: Vikings are. So That's fair. That's fair. I I you know, I'm I'm a uh, a fairly uh, prototypical geek myself. Yeah. Um, but my parents were were uh, big football fans, uh, the Giants <laughs> and the Redskins and they would scream mm-hmm. at each other every NFL Sunday. So the uh, uh wholesome, wholesome or scream at the Sunday. TV or whatever. Yeah. So that was that was my uh, intro to football which was just to avoid it. <laughs> um, no, no, nonetheless, the point yeah. is, is that As I was doing some work With actually 5th edition D&D mm-hmm. uh, Because everyone in their game design career Is required to try a fantasy heartbreaker I'm going to do my version of D&D And it will be better and awesome And everyone <laughs> will buy it and whatever whatever.
2: Yeah.
3: Um,
0: mm-hmm. And usually... None of those theory, Right? It's 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 like the line from. Uh, uh, it was uh, yeah. So Luke speaks. So it must have been Last Jedi. <laughs> Every part of that was wrong. Um, so I can't remember uh, which movie that was, but it probably was. It
1: probably was Last. Jedi. No, it, it was Last Jedi because because yeah. like, that
0: was actually one of my favorite little bits. As they were doing the press stuff for the movie, is. Um, the producer is talking and Mark Hamill is sitting there looking just like bursting with power, but he's sitting mm. there brooding and she stops and looks at him and he looks at her and goes, Oh, I have lines <laughs> because of course he doesn't yeah. speak a word in the first movie, yeah. right? I've been waiting for him to say something <laughs> since 1983 um, <laughs> and, uh, and and it was just brilliant because it, yeah. it really kind of rang the bell on the first movie and mark hamill is just a pleasure to listen to anyway um in any case the point was is that i was doing some work there and play testing some rules and my friend says to me i want to play a cleric uh so what pantheon what gods am i am i doing and i'm like you know i just watched avengers and i just watched thor so let's just do norse and and so he played a Norse cleric and fine, and then I started doing more research
3: mm-hmm.
0: about Norse mythology more than you've just kind of casually heard about. Reading some of the sagas and looking into it, and oh my, and the culture and stuff, and oh my goodness, these guys are like the OG D and D party, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> risk all and, and grab our weapons and and sail off into the wherever to kill things and take their stuff. Yes, um, <laughs> which is pretty much. Gaming, at least no, you know yeah. at least it was <laughs> and and so the more that i got into this i was like this is an awful lot of fun um and and then i was like well i'm gonna make some rules for shields and and using a shield mm-hmm. but because i always thought that something as large as a shield in many cases like the shield that i have behind me um is half my height so it's i'm 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 about you know i'm 5'8 uh, so 68 inches, mm-hmm. so the shield is 34, 34 and a half inches in diameter. And when I crouch down and stick it in front of me, it, it pretty much occludes, it, it denies the line. Mm-hmm. There's a, you're right, you trying to control the center, control yeah. the line. It denies the line for almost all of me, at least three quarters, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm doing it right. It is all. Uh, maybe my feet are exposed,
2: Yes. But, okay. You know,
0: um, but, but not as much as you'd think. Um, so you, you've went really
1: seen in sorting... depth. you went really in-depth with with your mechanics.
0: You, I, well, uh, it, I, to well, me, that's I, what it sounds I, like. What I wound up doing is I did the research so that I could come back and simplify things okay. in a way that wasn't stupid. Okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, right, right? Because mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, I, I think that... And, and where I wound up, uh, I, I, I wrote it down first and mm-hmm. I, I don't think that anyone took it. But where I wound up was a bit more of a bonus when you have a ready shield out in front of you, but also the ability to take a blow on your shield, which is eventually what Pathfinder 2nd Edition did. Okay. Right. You mm-hmm. have, you ready your shield, and you can use your reaction to, to eat a blow mm-hmm. uh, on the shield. And, and that's not wrong, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the shields do two things. They hide you, yes, so you're harder to hit in general, uh, and they give you something to, to deflect with. Um, and, you know, when I did some things like, oh, you know, if someone's shooting an arrow at you, shields are very effective. Whereas if you don't have a shield, you're kind of in trouble unless you have, like, monk skills and can do the missile mm-hmm. weapons thing. Um, and I should add, since I've been talking about D&D, um, but anyway, all of this was Viking oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the game and I had done a little bit of publishing. And then I was at Gen Con 50. And the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game had been announced and, and and I was there and to play. And I was a big backer and got to meet Sean Punch for the first time. And he and I had <laughs> interacted, but we never met. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went to, to Phil Reed and Steve and, and I said, Look, I have this adventure that I'm running here uh, or that, I, that I'm running here at, uh, uh, at Gen Con. And this uh, was... Public, it, this was a, my first called Lost Hall of Tear. Okay. So it was a, it was a convention quest adventure, which okay. means very linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very <laughs> go here, go mm-hmm. here, go here. A couple of puzzles, a couple of fights, and it was really designed to show off the grappling system that I had written for this Dragon Heresy fantasy heartbreaker. That was my first Kickstarter. Okay. Okay. So this um, is and- so
1: this convention adventure that you did it is a published adventure yes it is okay
0: yeah okay um and i'll come back to that in a, in a little bit just because so i had dungeon grappling mm-hmm. which is still i think my largest seller because finally D D grappling rules that don't suck uh I, my <laughs> first book ever was Gurp's martial arts technical grappling okay which uses the same kind of principle uh, and in short is if you can put all the complexities of sword fighting or boot-to-the-head martial arts into roll 1d20 plus a bonus against an armor class if you hit roll damage. Mm -hmm. Don't invoke crazy weird rules for grappling. Roll 1d20 plus a bonus against some sort of grapple DC. Mm -hmm. But if you hit roll damage... But the damage type, instead of bludgeoning, slashing, piercing, is control. Okay. And the more control you get relative to your opponent's, the more effect that you have on this person. In 5th edition, you would say, first they're grabbed, then they're grappled. Remember the grappled condition? Mm-hmm. Then they're restrained, so mm-hmm. everything that they do is a disadvantage. Uh, and then they're incapacitated, they're pinned.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do a takedown, you make an attack roll. If you have enough control, you can render them from standing to prone. There. Takedown. Mm -hmm. And it natively works with the mechanics um, that that are already present in the game. Because that was one of the things that I really learned as a potential game designer is don't rewrite rules if you don't have to. Okay. GURPS and D&D 5th edition is a great pegboard mm-hmm. for hanging tools off of so you shouldn't rewrite the tools that you've been given
1: yes mm-hmm.
0: unless you have no other choice and by and large there are many other choices I could apply all sorts of penalties and invoke whatever, whatever but the advantage-disadvantage mechanic is such a lovely way to shortcut all of that that there's no reason not to use it, and so you should use it. Real quick, um,
1: uh, just for clarification, yes. is this uh, first uh, the convention adventure? Was it for fifth edition, or was it for GURPS?
0: Uh, the convention adventure was for fifth edition, but it also had Swords and Wizardry OSR stats in it. Okay, so okay. it was. It was. It was. It was. It's actually a little hard to find right now because um, I. During the convention, I went to Steve and Phil and Sean and said, I have this adventure that I kickstarted. I have the art. I have the plot. Mm -hmm. Let me convert it to the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game. Oh, cool. As as Gaming Mm Ballistic. And they said, let me get back to you on that. Okay. (laughs) Because they are very cautious with how they approach their business they are one of only two or three companies that still exist in their original form from 1980. Oh, wow. Right. There are not very many mm-hmm. of them. If you look at D and D and say, Oh, D and D is still around, but TSR isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, mm-hmm. and wizards got bought by, by Hasbro. Yep. So they're mm-hmm. kind of, sort of not. Yeah. Um, right. And, and so you have a lot of these companies that, that have either disappeared or changed and steve Mm -hmm. jackson games has stayed where they are uh by being cautious about what they do anyway so Mm -hmm. long story less long they said wait 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 and eventually i said how about now and they said how about okay okay
3: so i said
0: (laughs) okay how about as stretch goals for the kickstarter i take some of the feedback that i got and instead of just a linear quest adventure i make it more of a real campaign with choice so you Very can wilderness cool. this way. You can mm-hmm. go here. Here's a couple more places you can explore. Here's a village. Here's a town to start with. And they're like, okay, cool, right? I mean, they're like, the art exists, and and these are stretch goals, so it only happens if it happens. Uh, and so it doubled in size. It went to 128 pages. Um, wow. From from mm-hmm. 64. Okay. And then mm-hmm. once I had done that, and I had all these new maps and art and whatever, I said, well, I might as well go back and take the original very linear lost hall of tier mm-hmm. and turn it into lost hall of tier second edition. Okay. And so I basically took the new material and converted it backwards to D&D. Uh, I wound up taking the Pathfinder and OSR off uh, okay. because the the it was a little sparse. The mm-hmm. first one you could just run. Ah, uh, the second one putting the label osr on it was was a little misleading. Yeah, <laughs> um, oh, so, so we took it off. okay. Um, mm-hmm. and but what I did is I said, and and since then, and uh, I published the Dragon heresy role-playing game, which was my fantasy heartbreaker, um, you know, I got a, a big offset print run done overseas, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, three millimeters, you know, really good production values. yeah,. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and uh, and i the the art is is special to me because it was done by. Uh, my instructor's instructor who is uh, sort of a big dog in the Viking martial arts community but he's also got uh, he's a professional artist a very good one um, and uh, anyway the point is is that that's kind of how gaming ballistic got started as a company that's great uh, and that's why and that's why all of my stuff has Vikings permeated into it because when I had done martial arts for a long time I had grappled I had fought I had used the two-handed you know mm-hmm. you know kendo or Korean kendo um, and <laughs> Uh, I'd fought with the... St- but I'd never used a one-handed sword and a shield. So as I started to get more experienced with this and found the depth of the culture and also that... People didn't use shields the way that I thought that they used shields. It was much more active, we think. Okay. Um, and they're lighter. Like, the, the shield that I have behind me is six pounds. Uh, and oh. that's just... His- we think that it's historically accurate. Um, so, blah, blah, blah. The point of all this was <laughs> that I really started to have a lot of fun exploring kind of the viking culture um but it's a disneyfied viking culture right yeah you know we don't we don't we don't we don't you know like for example no one really wants to say let's wander through a culture where slavery is just the thing yeah and and vikings kept thralls yes and and they had very few rights Mm -hmm. uh well i let me try that again uh, i don't I doubt that they had any rights. They were property. They were they valuable were, property, mm-hmm. but they were property nonetheless. Uh, and, and that's yes. sort of the sometimes you gloss over that sometimes you don't, but you don't really want to play there. So you change it. you you make the you say, look, you know, it becomes indentured servitude or you have to work off a debt or whatever. you file off the edges. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and no one really wants to go to some you know, I don't you know my you know my my I have two daughters, and if they want to play. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be like, oh, this is the cooking and cleaning house role-playing game. No, they want to slay dragons and do yeah. stuff. So absolutely, right? Yeah. Um, so, so you make the changes that are required to make sure that everyone can go have fun. Um, and, I, and I have
1: to say I really appreciate that because that is kind of kind of what we do with our show is, is, is just showing that anybody can do this. We, I do it with my family we sit down every right. week, and so my mom comes in and she joins us as well. Something we never thought would happen, and so the right. fact that you that you are are going as inclusive as you can is is something that speaks to me a lot. So thank right. you for that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Sure,
0: you know, and the and the other thing about that is that. And we sort of alluded to it, but this is going to this is gonna be where I go into my shameless plug. Okay. <laughs> One of the harder parts about getting into some of these games is learning the rules. Yes. Or learning how to make a character, mm-hmm. learning how to make an effective character. And what I th- was... If there was a way to simplify this and take what Sean did with the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game and what he and a few others have done with some articles in Pyramid and really help steer... Mm-hmm. the character generation process by providing modular choices. I wanna play a barbarian or I wanna play a knight or I wanna play a wizard. So you grab the knight you you pick a point level
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it doesn't have to be the two hundred and fifty. It can be lower when okay. low you know zero to hero, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say I'm gonna we're gonna start zero to hero. So I'm gonna take a sixty two point uh well do you wanna be a strong delver, a fast delver, or a smart delver. And smart delvers are the spellcasters. Mm-hmm Right, strong are your warriors, and fast are your rogues, your swashbucklers, the people who depend on your archers, um, your right, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So you pick sort of a a a sixty-two point template in one of those categories. Okay. And, and this you pick is, a basic package. this is the
1: current the the current project that you're doing right this now. Is,
0: this is the one that launched this morning. Okay,
1: yes. okay, so uh, yes, uh, first, first, before you before you get into telling us more yeah. about it, I did want to ask how the because today is the first day of the Kickstarter. So while recording this interview. I did want to ask you how it how it how it has started if uh, if it was a,
0: a success on its first day. <laughs> I think so. I mean, it's got a fairly high funding level. We're looking for Mm $22,000 to get it done. Um, That is one of the higher starting funding levels that I've ever... Asked for, uh, but we're almost at ninety nine hundred, so we're forty five percent of the way there, okay. and that uh, is about nine hours.
1: I think that. So I looked at it. I looked at it this morning, and and I believe it was about twenty two hundred this morning. So that that was very that's very cool to me as well, because because when I saw it, it was it was about twenty two hundred. I think so. Right. It's uh yeah very 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 good very good. I'm glad I'm glad that you guys here are at that level
0: so far. Um yeah. And, um, and you know it, it's it's th- that's coming from about 150 backers, and I know that there's another hundred or so following the campaign mm-hmm. uh, as as we get into the weekend. So I'm fairly optimistic. The campaigns that I've done in the Dungeon Fantasy Role Playing Game have varied between uh, about 420 to 600 backers thus far. Uh, I am always hopeful to mm-hmm. shatter that. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> and honestly.
0: <clears throat> If there is a book that I think will allow more people to play the game quickly Mm -hmm. and just start rolling dice at the table, this is the one. Okay. That's very cool. Okay. This is the one because we took an early draft of the manuscript and I put it into layout so that it was a little bit more readable. uh, And we gave it to some of my Patreons, I have a Patreon Mm -hmm. uh, Gaming Ballistic, Um, but the patrons got uh, an advanced copy, it wasn't complete, but it was complete enough, and they took one of my towns from one of my published games, uh, and the Game Master came up with a siege where a bunch of Vikings were attacking a castle, Mm -hmm. and the players were playing the Vikings. And so they got shot arrows at and they had to crawl across a ditch and then there were skeletons and then there was boiling oil and the point of this <laughs> yeah. was to kill as many characters as possible. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Because the goal was to see, okay, your paper man just died. Mhm. Make make a new character. And remember, Gurps is a system famous for kind of painful character generation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mhm. It can be anyway. Make a character at the table. Oh wow! Okay, okay. right. So, so in in old school D anD D, you can do this. There's a joke about it. Oh well, you know, uh, I, I stepped on this. I stepped on this part of the dungeon. Uh, well, what happens? Well, you know, roll three d six. Oh, okay. Oh, roll three d six again. Oh, okay roll 3d6 again oh i'm rolling a new character aren't i <laughs> um and right and, and so <laughs> yeah <laughs> right but that's the thing is that you can do that it's kind of easy come easy go and mm-hmm. steve jackson games the fantasy trip is that way too you have like you know a certain number of points and you assign them to only three abilities grab a weapon and start fighting it was a game that you could and people did play at lunch in the cafeteria over high school okay Right, Because mm-hmm. it was just that fast. And Kevin, the author of, of this book, who is an absolute master at building characters, um, Kevin was the guy. And I said, this is kind of how I want to do it. He's like, I think we can do this. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so when push came to shove, we gave it to these guys. And the way that it worked is your character died. You go around the table you'd be almost there, you'd go around once more, and you'd start play.
2: Oh, great. So okay. it, it, it
0: would be like losing a turn in a board game. Okay. But that's it. Mm-hmm. You were ready to play in anywhere between 5 and 20 minutes. Um, and and the characters were quite robust. Mm-hmm. They were a lot of fun to play. Um, and so, you know, without uh, getting cocky it seemed like mission accomplished um and because of that it means that you're like oh yeah i have a cool scenario that i want to play mm-hmm. or oh i got this adventure or oh, whatever whatever yeah oh that sounds cool great let's play mm-hmm. not let's sit down and talk about it not let's do whatever let's play yeah here's some six-sided dice here's delvers to grow what kind of character do you want oh you want to be you want to be a, a, a knight in shining armor. Great. Take the basic and the advanced knight package. Take the, you know, the human Cuisinart upgrade or whatever it's called. Arm, you know, ma- yeah. master of arms. Um, uh, you know, I, I, Cuisinart, you know, Sir Cuisinart. You know, um, I, 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 I I keep, I keep yeah. making the joke about Sir Cuisinart. People are like, that's a great title. Is it in the book? And I'm like, well, probably not. And Kevin's going to be mad at me because now it has to be in the book. You should just make um, it one of
1: your stretch goals. Sir Cuis- just, right. Just yeah, Hot block for Sir Cuisinart. <laughs>
0: I, I think so, uh, but in any case, what it means is that you can really go around the table very quickly uh, and, and be ready to play um, twenty minutes after you say, "Let's do this thing." That is incredible, um, right? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm very, I'm very, very excited about this. And you know, you know, they they, they say that. Uh, they say that you're not supposed to love your children differently. Um, but when it comes to publishing, you're allowed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, and and of all the stuff that I have done myself, um, or I've published, I should say, uh, Citadel at Nordvorn, which is my, my setting book,
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, has been up to this point uh, my favorite. And I can cautiously say it will still be my favorite setting book. But in terms of getting more people to take the big box set off the shelf and play it, I think that Delvers to Grow will answer a lot of questions that people didn't even know that they had. In terms of how can we get more people playing, how can we get playing faster, if you don't like character generation, if you don't like the sculpting method of let's remove Mm -hmm. everything... Basically, what this does is it rents, well, buys, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the but it, it borrows Kevin's expertise at doing this and says, if you want to be a down the middle effective sword and board fighter, make these two or three choices, do this way, buy these predetermined loadouts, and get playing. Well, I and, can and, say and, right. you
1: have definitely sold me. <laughs> <laughs> that uh it, yeah that that really speaks to me i I hate uh, trying to get into a session, and then you go three weeks before session zero, and then session zero is just making characters, and then you come back next week and you get into your first session. And rather than just sitting down and playing, I like the idea of doing it at lunch. I think that would be
0: incredible. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and yeah. So and and the other thing that this does is that the 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 choice was made, and I understand why it was made. And it wasn't a bad choice, but the choice was made for the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game to start characters very able. Okay. It was a very, well, can I do X? Well, yes, you can, (laughs) because you've got the skills. Okay. So it was more or less starting the game at maybe 8th to 12th level in the D&D terms. And they don't really translate because they're different systems, Mm -hmm. different expectations. Mm -hmm. But but they were powerful characters. Uh, you know, you'd walk out of the gate. It wasn't that hard to start with a broadsword skill of twenty, uh, oh. which means that not only are you going to hit anything that you try and swing at pretty much, but you might be able to hit it twice. Cool. Okay. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So 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 yes, I can stab you through the or like a scout, the the guy with the the, the bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, without with a little bit of aim and a little bit of of epic mm-hmm. uh, shooting. Putting arrows once a turn through the bad guy's eye socket. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, oh look, this person forgot to wear the helmet today. Twang, dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so just, 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 just murderous, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a challenge. That's awesome, right? It's great. Mm-hmm. However, if you are new to gaming and you have this multi-page menu of awesome that you can do, mm-hmm. choosing the right awesome when your turn comes around can be stressful. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. As a game master, looking at four to six people, each who are ordering from a different menu of awesome, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> your job as chef and maitre d' and waiter serving up <laughs> challenges has gotten really, really hard. Mm-hmm. I can't challenge a party like that with seven hobgoblins. Mm-hmm. That is a light snack that doesn't even <laughs> require an aperitif yeah. before the next course. Yep. Right? It, 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 it's a speed bump. Actually, not only is it a speed bump, but because of the turn resolution in the game, it's actually a waste of everybody's time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because it's going to take time to resolve that fight. Mm-hmm. And it's too easy in the end. Okay. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. don't pick up your dice unless there's something at stake. Yeah. That's the type of thing that, oh, and then you roll through seven Hobgoblins as if they weren't there, right? Mm-hmm. That's where the Game Master skill comes in. But what if you want those seven Hobgoblins to be a challenge? You have two choices. Either you do 70 Hobgoblins <laughs> because numbers <laughs> matter. Which sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly that's exactly right.
2: Yeah, <laughs>
0: I'll give you props for being a straight man on that one because that was that's exactly right. Um, when you have to resort to to numbers like that, mm-hmm. um, it, it can get quite painful. Yeah, or you say, well, these aren't normal hobgoblins. These are. I'm going to make a joke that I don't really understand, but I understand is funny. Um, These are red painted hobgoblins, so they're faster and stronger. Okay. Uh, I think I think that's a a Warhammer 40k reference. It's got to be. It's got (laughs) to be. Yeah, where where I think orc ships are faster because they believe that they're faster because they're painted red. Because they're painted, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
3: Um,
0: Anyway, so the point is there is that you can make super duper hobgoblins. Uh, You can just throw waves and waves of hobgoblins, or you start at lower points. Okay. But that has not yet been supported. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that tier of play where tactics and how you approach the fight matter a lot because okay. you really are not only going to get that. You don't want to stand toe-to-toe. right? Mm-hmm. You need to, to be clever and you need to use that sword blow and aim it and whatever, whatever. Um, So I really think that this is a level of play uh, that will really be a lot of fun. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to open up uh, adventures that were not really practical. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, the author author of GURPS Martial Arts uh, and one of his players... Um, is writing a an adventure for me as part of this Kickstarter uh, called the Crypt of Krisevic, uh which is targeted at one hundred and twenty-five or one hundred and fifty point play. Okay. Um. And, and, and this so, uh, yeah. this
1: Delvers to grow it was it was in the sixties, correct? It was sixty-five for for the Delvers to grow? Oh, the pledge? Yeah, for the no 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 sorry the point the point buy the point system. That this oh, I'm book sorry. is doing. It
0: starts. It starts at. So there. There are. There are three templates that are provided. Um, Sixty-two. Okay. One twenty. 120, one twenty-five and one hundred and eighty-seven. Okay. Which sounds like really strange numbers, but the way that GURPS does allies and henchmen is one quarter, one half, and three quarters of the starting two fifty. Okay.
2: Okay, okay, so
0: mm-hmm. since we have lined up these templates so very conveniently at the same level that you hire henchmen at mm-hmm. in this game, <laughs> oh look, if the game master needs a quick off-the-cuff henchman, they can have that unique personality in five to ten minutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right there at the table, blah, blah, blah. This is your henchman. Let's go. Okay. Uh, and I guarantee you that I have a henchman book <laughs> in my mind as a sequel for okay. things that are not exactly <laughs> tied to the professional templates, uh, which are kind of sort of, they're not supposed to be class and level, mm-hmm. uh, and they're not really class and level but, boy, they come awfully close to class and level. Mm-hmm. Um, right? Mm-hmm. Knights, barbarians, yeah. scout, right? These are niche protection professions that uh, you, you can still do whatever you want. It's a point-by system, but they feel an awful lot like what class you want to be. Mm-hmm. So people who will come over from a class-based system will be like, oh, I get this. Um, so this 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 book, is it geared towards players
1: or towards GMs? I would actually say yes. Okay, okay. Right.
2: Okay. So so
0: I I think that um a game master can use it to do henchmen and NPCs mm-hmm. and and foes and and stuff uh and the players obviously can use it to make their own characters.
1: Okay. And so so, so they could yeah. start at these at these lower at these lower points and then work their way up to that that 250. That's correct. So it goes back to the point that you made earlier about making effective encounters with with I guess is weaker the right word weaker characters or
0: just I still, less I experienced mean, less capable? Oh, Yeah okay okay right I mean mm-hmm. your, your, your 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 entry level uh, Let me pull Let me pull up the file um, <laughs> since I just did layout today um, You know like your sixty two point uh, What's your favorite character class? Clerics, I love clerics. All right, let's, yeah. let's do clerics. So that's a, that's a smart hero. So your sixty-two point smart uh, is going to be pretty above average in in the IQ stat, mm-hmm. which is what a lot of your spellcasting and and your smart stuff comes.
3: With.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's you know IQ twelve, and you have to remember it's against three d six.
2: Okay. So mm-hmm. IQ
0: twelve is fifty percent better than ten. Mhm. You you instead of failing half the time, you fail a quarter of the time. Okay.
3: Mhm.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Or succeed 75% of the time instead of 50%. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of these delvers, all of these templates start with higher robustness mm-hmm. to keep you in the game. Yeah. Um but your average strength, average dexterity, above average IQ and and a little bit above average health. Um And, you know, willpower goes up a little bit and Mm -hmm. some things that that matter that way. Um, But, you know, you you get uh, your... your, Oh, you do get an upgrade module. Go, Kevin. Um, (laughs) So you get a 25-point basic uh, module, and so you get your basic cleric package. Mm -hmm. um, And... That gives you, you know, you get a little bit of holiness, a little bit of power, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some hidden lore, some religious, some theology. And then your upgrade module might be something like um, Empowered Cleric. So mm-hmm. you've got some holy abilities. You can lay on hands. You can turn on dead. Um, you can be a healer. Okay. Uh, you can um, be lucky.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh <laughs> You can uh, you can be a mathlete, which means that you have you are stronger and fit. Uh, so even though you are a smart delf. so for the cleric of Thor, where you want to be a little beefy, but you also mm-hmm. want to uh, be an actual cleric, maybe you do the mathlete upgrade, and that gives you twelve strength. And the ability to regain your lost fatigue a little faster. Oh, cool. Okay. Right. So, mm-hmm. but so, but you basically said, okay, mm-hmm. knowing that you want to be a cleric, you mm-hmm. say, okay, basic the basic cleric template. You'll have to make a couple of choices there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then you choose your one upgrade package, mathlete. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go to loadouts and spell cast spell selection, mm-hmm. and those are pre-selected based on flavor. So you know. Okay, in in another minute or two, we are ready to play. And most of that was me being unfamiliar with the file that I just laid out. <laughs> That's awesome. To me, right? so so we're yeah. basically just about ready to play.
1: Yeah, to me, it sounds like uh, it sounds like anybody anybody could could sit down, grab a template, make a character with the guidance of the GM and then play with a, a GM who knows how to play and then just and then the GM guides them through the game. Right. I, I
0: cannot bestow upon a new player the rules mastery that Kevin or even myself brings from 30 or 40 years yeah. of playing the game. <laughs> what I can do is provide the guidance on mm-hmm. what characters are going to be broadly satisfying in the role that you have selected until you get to the point you're like, okay, I'm going to get 90% of the way with Delvers to grow, Mm -hmm. and then I'm going to start tweaking. Okay. I don't want this. I do want this. I'm going to take apart this broad disadvantage package and do this other thing. Uh, I'm going to move this around, blah, blah, blah. All of that is still operative because all of this depends on the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game box set.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: However, you're ninety percent of the way there. Mm-hmm. So at any point, when the game master says, "Will you please stop fiddling so we can play?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have a complete character and you're ready to play.
1: Okay, that sounds really great. I uh, you've definitely sold me. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, some people listening are also sold on this uh, on this new. And this is a supplemental book. For that's correct. For
0: uh, remind me which system. This this is the Dungeon Fantasy Role Playing Game, Dungeon which Fantasy is powered by GURPS. Okay. But it, it is a self contained boxed set. Okay. Now one of the cool things about being um, uh, I'm trying not to compliment myself. One no, of the go nice things about being it. a Steve Jackson Games <laughs> licensee is I was able to go to them and say I would really like to offer. A starter package mm-hmm. so that you can get delvers to grow the adventure the example books because there's actually there's a, a book each for smart fast and strong delvers mm-hmm. to show you some evolution of characters and, and stuff like that um i would like to offer the box set as a starter package okay buy it buy it as a store and 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 sell it to my 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 backers Mm -hmm. and they said well let's do the box set and the second monsters book i was like oh okay Okay. push my arm so yeah so there are a couple of packages on the kickstarter Mm -hmm. where if you are interested in getting into the the um dungeon fantasy role-playing game Mm -hmm. um then you can get the box set, you can get a monster's book, and then you can get some really great character creation aids because in addition, this is not Kevin's first rodeo, in addition to Delvers to Grow, he wrote a book of custom races for my setting, Mm -hmm. um, including uh, three-headed tigers, the Triger folk. um, uh, (laughs) Sounds awesome. Dwarves dwarves (laughs) that look like stone, the Dverger. (laughs) Okay. The uh, uh, the totally not tieflings the eldhuth, um, <laughs> okay. which means that yeah they're they're, they're tieflings but yeah. <laughs> they're they're called eldhuth with his is, is uh, eld is is the root for flame mm-hmm. and and huth is is hide or skin okay so they're they're, they're fire hide they're okay. fire skins
3: mm-hmm.
0: um and, and so actually uh, one of the pieces of art that Casenia did for that got memed. Um, because we took the races that we did and we did that thing where you got the pretty girl walking and the boyfriend looking and the other one's looking <laughs> yep. annoyed so we we redid that but with the races in the book um, <laughs> that's great <laughs> anyway it, it, it's a it's a great take on some some variant races but we also did a variant book called oh I've just my stress ball is leaking great and now it's dead <laughs> oh, no. um anyway we did a, a great book called hand of Asgard. <clears throat> Which sounds really Norse, and it's like, oh, I don't do Norse, so I don't care about that. Let me assure you, you do. Mm-hmm. Because what it is, is instead of all Father Loki, Thor, Heimdallr, although the serial numbers are not very far yeah. off. Um, <laughs> what they are, and I, we didn't even try to hide it, is they are the divine domains from D&D mapped to norse because my setting is norse mm-hmm. but it's very clear that the the you know domain of storms the storm domain from D D, is the god of wind the, of storms who is also thor but let's face it you know you've got the magic domain you've got the death domain you've got the whatever and so it's it's you can map these even though i've mapped them onto the norse pantheon mm-hmm. go ahead do egypt do Greece, cool. do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got, I think we have 12, uh, divine domains and a hint of, uh, druidic kind of tree huggers. Uh, we actually call the druids in, in, in my game are called Trevener, which means tree friend. Okay. <laughs> um, the Trevener. Yeah. Um, and, and anyway, the, 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 the Treveners are, uh, uh, they we sort of allude to it because I want to eventually do a druid book and I really want to do a, a book of bards scalds
1: okay yeah because
0: uh, the, yeah, the, cool. the scalds and celtic mythology are really awesome
2: yes <laughs> um,
0: and and power chord takes an entirely new meaning <laughs> um so I, I really want to do a a the book but anyway i'm getting a little far afield but we've got like the character creation kit mm-hmm. we've got a starter kit that has some of my setting stuff mm-hmm. um and some of them are really, really, even if I do say myself, some of them are really deeply discounted. Okay. Like, if, if you were to buy every PDF and all the hardbacks and the box set, whatever, like the high-end pledge that is it's still 300 bucks, but it, you'd spend $465 getting it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get it all together. So, so I, I've tried to discount pretty deeply mm-hmm. um, uh, on some of the bigger packages, but, you know, anyway. Well, I'm sure less long is... Uh, those, those are limited, but they're limited to 200. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not really worried about hitting the limit anytime soon. Um, but you can get into it with a great entry-level kit mm-hmm. uh, with the box set, with some monsters, uh, and with the Delvers to Grow package that will let pretty much anybody get going and uh, start playing the game real fast.
1: Well, that sounds really great. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I... I... I personally am very interested, and I, I feel like we'll have a few listeners as well uh, be interested in it as well. Um, and then if they want to find it on Kickstarter, they just search for Delvers to Grow. That is correct. Okay. That
0: should get you there. Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Um, I I wanted to, uh, so we've talked about the project. We talked about how you got into the industry. I wanted to ask you a couple questions about yourself so that the listeners uh, get to know a little bit more about you. Um, I wanted to ask you what, so in your your entire history of playing games, what is uh, your, like, a... I, yeah, I, I, there's probably a lot of favorite moments that you've had. But what is one moment that really sticks out to you, while you uh, in, in your entire play history?
0: Uh, actually, I've got a very specific... There are two okay. of them, and they both came from uh, the same campaign. Okay. It was a West game Star Wars campaign that I played in roughly 1997 uh, while I was at graduate school. And, uh, the, my, I was game master and the players were flying away, uh, because the Imperials were there and the Star Destroyers were there. They were about to rain fire and death and the players were mostly fine getting away, but they had met and befriended and recruited or been recruited, uh, an X-Wing pilot because Mm -hmm. of course, uh, and so this super, really good pilot had, had, was flying right underneath the good guy's ship. Mm-hmm. And everything was fine. Okay. And, and everything was fine. <laughs> and the guy playing the freighter, uh, they get hailed by the Star Destroyer. Mm-hmm. And the, sorry, the guy flying the freighter goes to answer, but the old, the, 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 the this other guy says, no, 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 let me do the talking here. <laughs> okay. And he, he totally jumps in <laughs> and says, Captain of the Imperial Star Destroyer, pay no attention to that X-Wing close to our hull. And, and, and I'm like, X-Wing? What X-Wing? <laughs> Lieutenant, do you see an X-Wing? Well, sir, there's a faint sensor ghost, but we didn't make anything of it. And they start launching TIE fighters or whatever, whatever. Yeah. And like six people are looking at this guy like, what did you do? We were winning. Um, and then and, and later on in the same campaign... Uh, The players, of course, split the party, and they're going all over the place in this Imperial base, and one group had gotten captured, and this super-wanted criminal was one of the players, and he's wandering around free, and I couldn't have timed it, I couldn't have planned this better if I were writing the script. Okay. Right? And so (laughs) the Imperial guy is saying, well, you know, where are you you know uh, consorting with known criminals and whatever and <laughs> without any planning mm-hmm. and they had no idea cuz they didn't know the map i mean mm-hmm. even though the map was there they didn't really know it the uh, the 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 one guy who was the wanted criminal from the empire pushes the button opens it up and it happens to be the interrogation room with the other pcs oh. and they're like well how do you know and it opens up and there's the guy <laughs> And the, the, the Imperial loses his cool, totally, mm-hmm. like, just points at it, because it was called the, the Humphwas, was the race. Okay. And he goes, flaws. And the guy just, you know, because it's Star Wars, you can do things really fast, so he blasts the guy, you know, shoots the, the cuffs off, and everyone runs away. But the the timing of it. Oh, yeah. It wasn't a planned escape, mm-hmm. it was just opened up, and ho- <laughs> there it was. And so that was one of those moments that you just can't write, that only happen in play, and only happen when you don't let the rules get in the way of the game and you just play your character.
1: Those are great. Thank you for sharing those. Those are some incredible yeah. stories. Um, I, I had one more question I wanted to ask yeah. you. Uh, what, uh, what are some of your favorite systems to play? So
0: I, I just covered the West End D6 mm-hmm. Star Wars, which is still one of my favorite... Um, oh. Uh, I do like Fifth Edition, um, okay. and and of course, you know, I wrote my own version of Fifth Edition, yeah. but but I like playing them both. I I, I find that uh, there's a lot that has been done right uh, with that in terms of making it easy mm-hmm. to approach the game, uh, and, and the sales and and customer numbers bear that out.
2: Oh yeah. Say what
0: you want, say what you want about first mover advantages, but if the game sucked, people wouldn't play it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of people play it, and a lot yeah. of people really get a lot. So I I like Fifth Edition. Uh, obviously I'm a huge fan of 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 GURPS.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh let's see, what else do I have on my shelf? <laughs> uh, those are the my big three. Yeah. Um those are oh uh I wanna give uh some props to um Knights Black Agents. Okay. Which is a gumshoe system. Um and it's 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 a very I learned so much about telling stories and laying plots and uh, especially when it comes to mystery adventure from talking to Ken Haidt, who's not, not everyone can talk to Ken Haidt, but I had the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. um, but talking to Ken and reading the book and, and the advice in that, uh, even if you never play it, you should read it. Okay. Uh, and it's a, really, it's a really nifty system where the only resolution mechanic is roll 1D, four or higher succeeds. Um, and 1d6, 6 mm-hmm. or higher succeeds, and the currency, you have these skill points, but they're not really skills. It's not how much skilled are you. Mm-hmm. It's how much spotlight time oh. are you going to command <laughs> with those points, right? So if mm-hmm. you've got, you can choose to hog the spotlight, not hog the spotlight, you can choose to claim the spotlight and totally dominate a situation mm-hmm. once. Okay. Before you refresh, right? Yeah. I'm going to spend all of my points to totally make this look easy. But then it's not that you're not an awesome doctor anymore. It's not that you're not an awesome military guy anymore. But you've used up your spotlight currency until it refreshes. That sounds very interesting. It's really different. <laughs> and unless you understand that, and unless you play it right, so to speak... um, then, then you can get you know thrown out of games like I was because I was still playing it the old way. Yeah, um, I wasn't playing it right, right. As yeah. the game master was like, I don't think you're a good fit here. Yeah, and then later on, I talked to Ken and he's like, Well, maybe you think of it this way. I'm like, Oh, 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 oh! No wonder I got kicked out. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah. so, but it's, it's Knights, Black Agents, uh, Trail of Cthulhu. All of those are are based on. It's not finding the clues. Never tell someone to roll dice to find the clue. Mm-hmm. Give them the clue. Yeah. The hard part is what to do with it. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Never let the game stop because you can't find the secret door. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The 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 the, the detective, Castle and Beckett, never don't find the murder. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're called to the murder. Yeah. The evidence is there. Mm-hmm. What do they do with it? What's the connection, right? That's where mm-hmm. you give the players agency to find out what's going on. And and realizing that that really has a lot to do with Spotlight
2: mm-hmm. uh,
0: was interesting even for someone as steeped in um, more simulation games like I have been mm-hmm. for many years. and it, And it changed how I approach writing adventures mm-hmm. and how I deal with information flow mm-hmm um, in I stuff.
1: I think it's some great advice I think I think a lot of people could definitely take a lot away from that especially a, a, in a in a mystery setting because um, it doesn't make sense not to find the clues but taking that and using it to your advantage uh is the point of the mystery adventure. So I think it's some some very, very solid advice. Um, I wanted to wrap up. I do this with all my guests. I have a, a lightning round where I just ask a handful of questions, and you just give the first answer that comes to your mind, and there can be no explanation behind it. You just give me the okay, answer, I'll, and we... will again. <laughs> okay. All right. The first question I have for you, does pineapple belong on pizza? No. What is your favorite color? Green. What's the last song that you listened to?
0: <laughs> that you can remember listening to. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 it's funny that I have been stumped on that one. Uh, it was uh, uh, something my kid was singing, but she was mumbling, so I couldn't tell. Okay.
1: <laughs> Great. Uh, is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? No. Okay. And what is a movie that you can watch over and over without getting sick of?
0: That is a long, long (laughs) list. I will go with Penguins of Madagascar. Okay. And any of the Jumanji movies with The Rock.
1: Okay. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Thank you so much. I have had a lot of fun uh, talking to you this evening. Before we go, where can people
0: find you? I can be found at uh, gamingballistic.com. That's my primary website. It's slow, and I keep bludgeoning on it to make it not slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working on it. Uh, I am on Facebook, uh, at Gaming Ballistic. Uh, I'm on Twitter, gmingballistic, uh, because Gaming Ballistic was apparently too long. <laughs> um, and I think I also have an Instagram presence and stuff, but but mostly Facebook, Twitter. Um. Oh, Discord. Uh, I have a Gaming Ballistic uh, uh, Discord uh, as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, those that's pretty much uh, what's going on. If you go to my blog, um, there's an About Me tab mm-hmm. or Find Me, uh, and all of those things have links. And what's the URL for the blog? Yeah. Uh, gamingballistic.com.
1: Okay, and I'll make sure to put all of uh, all this information in the description of the episode as well, so everybody listening, you can you can click the links and, and check out Douglas and all his uh, future gaming adventures. Thank you so much, Douglas. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yeah. I always enjoy
0: talking gaming. So.
1: <laughs> of course. Well, uh, we will see you guys in the next episode, so have a good night, everybody.